I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey, everyone. This is Alaska. Uh, Thank you for all of your support over the past few weeks. Uh, We're about to jump into episode seven, which was actually the first episode we recorded back in February. Um, But, you know, I just wanted to say thank you again for all of your support. Uh, if you do like the podcast, please let all your friends know about it. Uh, do us a favor and just put in a, a rating and a comment in iTunes or whatever your podcast carrier is and uh, subscribe and support. And uh, thanks again for all the love. Peace. Welcome to Call Out Culture with your hosts, Alaska, Carly Castro, and Zella Rocco. This week, we discuss... The album, The Curled Vein by Cannibal Ox. Uh, If you live on the East Coast, like all three of us, this weather has been absolute dog shit, especially today, where we had a snowstorm and then freezing rain. Uh, And this actually gives you the perfect conditions to listen to the best, potentially the best winter rap album of all time. Cannibal Ox. Cannibal Ox, the coal vein featuring Alaska, featuring us stealing Vortal's bars for my song name on the buckle. Uh, it's the illest. I tweeted a picture of me holding the CD the other day and it had like 100 favorites. Nice. Not And not even searching for likes. I was just like, yo, I'm just playing the hell out of this album right now. It's the time of the year. And the, the quote everybody immediately tweeted back to me was... Um, What's the name? You were a stillborn baby. Mother didn't want you when you were stillborn. Like everyone kept it. And it was the crazy thing was when I was listening to it even again today, driving in a snowstorm, is that Iron Galaxy, you get almost three minutes and 40 seconds before Vast even comes on the song. Is that crazy? Uh, I, so I knew we were going to talk about it today, so I... Went outside with one of my dogs at a time. I can't take both of them in this nonsense. And I said, let me put on uh, Colvin. No no shuffle. You know, usually I listen to albums on shuffle, ones that I'm familiar with, so it could dance around. And I told, I, I forgot that there was double intros, and then a inch, then the song instrumental rolls in, and then they start and rapping. Vortal like, basically does two verses. There's yeah. a break in the middle. Yo, did you see what he did? That kid pulled out, and then it jumps back in. Five digi phones, yeah. yeah. Like what? What kind of decision is that? Though, let's just start this. What decision would that be to in a duo? The so one of the guys goes mad long. You don't even hear the mm-hmm. second guy. But here's here's a question for um for y'all in Alaska helping me out here. What that wasn't the single. So what, did everybody hear that? Was the single though? That yeah, was, Iron Galaxy was. Uh, yeah, for the lead. I don't even know if you remember. It was the very first thing that came out on Jokes. So there was the the company Flow Simeon Drugs with Ill Bill, right? right? And then Iron Galaxy was the B-side. It was the B-side. Was it the B-side? I'm looking through my phone. Yeah, it was the B-side on that. And that was what got everybody amped up. Right. And that's why I I said the other day that that line was the line that really, like, set jokes forward. So go go into that part. Oh, so so my theory is that 
um, you were a stillborn baby. Mother didn't want you, but you were still born. Was like the line that basically built Jooks. It built Can Ox, but it built Jooks too. Because it was like, you listen to CoFlow, there was no lines like that on any CoFlow records. I mean, there were dope, vicious lines all over CoFlow. But that line was something completely different. Not, and also not delivered at that pace to be suggested. Like, it doesn't even rhyme. Right. So it's making it's right. it's point so you can hear it. You know what I'm saying? You're like, whoa. It was I'm like, we're going to be talking about some different shit here than you're used to. Oh, yeah. Then even when he says, you know, it's like the, the, chalk, the chalky outline on the, on the floor is a father figure. Like, everybody knows that. But wait, let's go. Let's, let's jump. So we're talking opening lines, and, and you're saying the line that builds jokes. But let's jump to the other great line. You suck my pussy on your way out. Don't ever talk back. Like, nobody's talking about their mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> That Outside way. of Eminem, Eminem would say that, but it would be heinous. Not that clever, though. Not that clever no. to be like, watch your mouth because you came out this pussy and I, and I oh my God. Like, yep. if one bar makes you think of 40 bars, if you think that way. Like, I think, you know what I'm saying? And so I was just like, oh, I remember pausing it. I stopped it. I said, wait a second, what the fuck's going on here? Mm-hmm. We're, we're like, come on. All right, so um, Alaska, help me out here. Didn't they hear Cannibal Ox's voice first on Linda Tripp? When you heard Vordo jump on um at the end, is that yeah the first- you? That was the, probably the first time that you heard Vordo on one of those records. Got you. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. So that yeah, that, I mean, were y'all dropping stuff before then? Were y'all doing Adam stuff before? Oh um, yeah, dude. I was I was at Cryptic's house when all that before like all that shit even went down. Like, and Soul was there for some reason. Like Soul, Dose, a bunch of like Alias, uh, and like some wow. other like weird fucking Anticon dudes were there. And Soul was like, yo, these dudes diss me. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I think Len might have called Cryptic's house and like Soul was like, you know, basically like, the whole sort of conversation, like, I don't have any beef with you guys. And, you know, he wait, was stop, like, wait, you- wait, 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 Alaska, wait, wait, wait one second, please. And you, you got to bear with me. You were there when he called them and the phone not, call. Not they- the not the time they recorded it. Okay. okay. This was before they recorded. It. So there's like at least right. two moments of him like fessing on the phone. <laughs> wow. So That's we great. were there and like me and Vortal, because me and Vortal were a group at that time. We were a group called Saga Tetsuo. Okay, and now then, that's um, is that Akira base? Yes. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Bill, I told you. And so we, we recorded like three songs and then they went to do Canox and, and that was sort of it. Um, so, so, so was, can we say that Canox was kind of created? Was they like, hey, Bass, you and Vort will do something? Or did, was that just picking out of y'all, out of Adams per se? I think it was created actually because they both became cool with L before any of us like were really cool. Like we knew L, but like we weren't cool with them, but they became cool and started all hanging out together. Gotcha. And Bass and Vortal like lived near each other growing up, you know. Gotcha. So they went to high school together, and they weren't a natural duo before Can Ox was created. And okay. they were okay. the younger dudes in the crew. So when ah. I met Vortal, he was like fourteen, like fifteen or sixteen. Damn. Oh wow! And, Damn. You know, okay. Yeah, and we were all in college, but Vortal was just fucking super dope. And come on, come on. yep. That's so how- you know, we met him and Osiris and later on vast but those guys all went to high school together and then like me and wind and crip and jess and molecule and witchcraft we were all in college got you 
Wow. So, but it was just, you know, we similar all sort colleges? of... Be- oh, were y'all going to What's SUNY? Were y'all going to similar SUNY, colleges? Yeah, me, me and Wind were at New Paltz. Um, Cryptic, I think, was in Farmingdale. I don't know where Jess went. Jess is a mysterious fellow. He doesn't... You don't know a lot about him. He's just... Oh, wait, Jess is, is an Esquire now, right? He's a practice Yeah, he's lawyer. a lawyer. Okay, yeah. I'm just... Just in case I got to break a call. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That, that's the man you want to call. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we were, we were, those guys were at Cryptic's house. And Soul actually asked Vortal and asked us about that line. Like, he basically wanted to say, like, you know, can I use this line? I wrote this line that you bit Vortal. Mm. And we were like, no, you can't use that. Like, that's fucked up. Like, he didn't bite Vortal. If anything, we were all biting company flow at that time. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were all mm-hmm. like, that was the shit. And we were like, oh, we want to kind of like go in that direction. So, like, he, he inspired us. He probably never heard us at that point. You know, That's so crazy. I guess in some way, in a roundabout way, Soul created Cannibal Ox. Wow. <laughs> so, anyway, that, that's where, like, I, I had, like, we had beef with Soul for a while, like, our crew. Now, would that just came about because of how he was or just? You know, GP or whatever the fuck. Because that- he he kind of we asked him not to include Vortal in the song. Oh wait, Vortal's on his diss song. The L, the, he um- he dissed L by saying you bit your style by an indie rapper named Vortal. Oh. And we were like, no, don't do that because it's you oh, know we forgot about because my memory doesn't hold the soul song like it does Linda Trip. Like I know Linda Trip lines because here's the funny thing when that whole thing dropped right. I, I don't know, I told Zilla this, but there was this website and they put both of them side by side, all the lyrics, and it was just like this amazing long form piece. And if you were a rap junkie like I was, you just sitting there stuck at the, oh my God. So um, Souls was on the left and, and LPs was on the right. And I'm already an LP fanatic. So I listened to Souls yeah. first. This show was pretty good. I was like, oh shit, this yeah, pretty good. Yeah, was tough. Really grabbing any lines, but then I play Linda Tripp and from like five, 50 seconds and I'm like, oh my God. Like this yeah. is a massacre like blood is splattering on my face from the computer and shit and then the phone call comes so i don't remember the whole song at all but i remember it was good but i don't remember any lines from that okay all right and and it now wait soul dropped his song kind of first though right off of soul did drop his song first so so this whole thing happened before soul dropped the song Ah. cryptic's house he was in the process of it and i guess somehow it got back to len len called cryptic's house to talk to soul because this was pre-cell phones Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this was like <laughs> answer machine tapes, right? Your your, your yeah. phone might have a tape. In it. Yes. Oh man, I'm old enough to remember. Yeah. Wow. So it was like it was just it was weird. I was like, who one? Who are these fucking people? Because I didn't really know them. Like I I heard of live poets from like the back of like some you know like rap classified ads. Remember they used to have that shit. Um. So that's how I heard of live poets, but I didn't know them, and I didn't really like them like i thought dose was cool i thought alias was cool but the rest of the dudes i couldn't fuck with like the ones that were at cryptic's house there's just something about them they were like real fucking arrogant and pretentious uh, what, uh, what where are the country are they from this is from uh souls from uh, maine he's maine, from maine i think yeah like yeah those okay. those is from Dose cincinnati, cincinnati philly he was great he was right. in philly too and i i don't know where alias is from I think he's from like up in like Massachusetts area be, too. Yeah, I think he's like New England maybe. Up there, yeah. right? Okay, okay. God bless him. Yeah. He was dope. Surprisingly enough, and we know people yeah, he like was. and C Money Burn. They de- they develop a certain type of artist. Not always yeah. the white artists per se, but there's a certain type of artist that really like the avant garde. Like when you find out where people are from, you're like, oh, 
from um what's his name from up there um uh Sage yeah, he's from Rhode Island. Sage, yeah. Brzezowski. Brzezowski, B. Dolan. Yeah. yeah, B. Dolan, they're up there, yeah. And B. Dolan and them. They, they produce yep. some yeah. very uh, inquisitive artists that's willing to go down a rabbit hole, whatever hole that is. And, and, Mr. Um, Liff. I, oh, yep. Yep. And so I used to worship at his feet. Lift before the big chop. That's one of my big lines. Lift before the big chop. You know, it's <laughs> pretty cool, but I got a line. I'm lift before the big chop. But yeah, all right, let's keep rocking. This is okay. fascinating. All right. Yeah, so. Um, I don't remember where we were before we got off on that rabbit hole. Well, I, 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 th- I think it's about like the line. Of the one when, I'm so fascinated. You saying like how that set up jokes with his line about um, mother didn't want you. You were still born. Like, why is that the most important line? Because to me, I always thought the most important line in jokes history was, you know, L saying sign a raucous. I'd rather be mad fucked by Nazis unconscious. Like okay, or or L or or Aesop being like life is a life's not a bitch. Life is a beautiful woman. You only call her bitch because she won't let you get that pussy. Like those to me, I always thought were like the. I feel the like the cannot like Iron Galaxy is what, and and I could be partial on this, but I feel like the the company flow song with um Ill Bill Simeon Drugs is super dope, but that. it wasn't anything unique compared to what Company Flow had been doing. Right. Right, right, right. And then here comes this other group. Like people weren't talking about that song when it came out. They were talking about Canox when it came out. To me, that was like it was the thing that set them up. They had all the other dope shit ready to go too, but Canox set them up to like go forward. And then you go from that song to again, B Boy Alpha builds its next popularity. Then I think Bane and Adam kind of leak out, and then the record drops. And I remember. Is literally front to back. Like we're not. Playing. Well, no. Didn't Pigeon come out? Pigeon and um. I remember. I don't. Me like just being where I was in. What, what year are we talking? I'm in Philly at this. It was point. like oh so one. Yeah. So as far yeah, as like it's like two thousand actually. So as far as the reach goes, Alaska, those other little leaks weren't reaching us. We were getting like okay. we were twelve inch and banging off that, and then if if a leak happened, we weren't. I wasn't even looking online like that back then. I was banging the twelve. No, I was. I was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I remember, so, I remember my my homegirl at Temple, who she put me on a mad indie rapper early. She would always quote the vast line about "You got beef, but there's worms in your Wellington." Like she was like stuck off that, and she was like a mainline living in like Paoli, which is like big money in in, in the is Philly suburbs. From, is that from Cold Vein or is that from Cholesterol? No, it's not. Cholesterol. No, that, that, that's on Raspberry no. Fields. Oh, oh, that's another right, song. Right. So not just cholesterol. What's the other song? The other um, major single he did. Come on, it's uh, right what there. What the hell oh, is it? Man, I, God damn it! I was just it, listening to it too. Right, right. It's right there. It's um, Z. You don't know this song, but this was on every little mixtape, every mix they put on. Adversity TV. strikes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! And so let me tell you. Yeah, Z, about that was an Adam song. It, and I know that because I, I, I hear the Adams, and it was so good, Z. There was versions that were fucked up sounding, but you would still bump them. Like you didn't even know how the mix was supposed to be. Um, it's at, and it had this hook, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Now, what's the timeline with that? Because that came out on um y'all y'all first like CD CD. What was it called you? Um, um wasn't that wasn't that on the prequel? If, yeah, that's Adversity what I'm saying. Strikes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, I feel like Adversity Strikes was probably recorded '98, maybe. All right, and then y'all held it to drop it when y'all were yeah. You know, 
I mean, we weren't intentionally holding it. We just were bad at planning things. <laughs> bad at planning. <laughs> well, mo- it, that's weird because most rappers are exceptional at organization and time management. Oh, yeah. So that's really weird of, of you guys. Alaska, and of course, there's a million questions because you're like the rudder on this thing. Wh- yeah. Where was Weatherman's formation? Were you part of Weatherman at all? Or no, no, I was not. Weatherman okay. came later, I think. Like, um, okay. Okay. Yeah, right. Weatherman came. Weatherman definitely came after Canox. Yeah, like Cage and Camus and wasn't Vast. Vast was a Weatherman, but Vast was Vortal a Weatherman. Was. Yeah, he was. Vortal, Vortal wasn't. Vortal no. wasn't. No. So it was basically like all the dudes that were living in Elle's house at the time. <laughs> there it is. That makes sense. That makes sense. He, I, I can... mean, that's his house was sort of the central location. He had like a giant duplex. Nice. Um, out in Brooklyn. So like they had the studio downstairs, and then everybody would just hang out upstairs. So like if you look at um if you look at that deep the space nine millimeter video. The documentary, that's all in Elle's crib. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I was watching the other day, y'all? The documentary. I watched half. I saw that DVD somewhere. The Revenge I, I of the Robots half, And then DVD. I started watching yeah. the Revenge of the Robots one, which is the tour and all. I love that one. But I, saw, I watched half of the other one. You know, the classic one. That's Alaska. That shit is like commandments to me. When that thing came out and to get to see Aesop, because he was such a um, recluse at that point. Mm-hmm. Very introverted. Well, yeah, no point. one had videos either. Like, only Elle had a video. Not really. And I remember going to the store to buy him from Criterion. That's the company. Remember that company with the rainbow bars on the back? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting this. Um, I'm trying to remember that that one, the Bazooka Tooth one. That's the one I meant. Yeah, that one. Um, it was like 30-something minutes. That really gave a nice little splash. Because, all right, so I told Z this a while ago. I was I was a Devdrix fan back when they were a one-sheet. And I mean, the website, one page, it had orange outlining, and they were pushing, like, Mr. Lift singles, Emergency Rash. Mr. Lift's album was the first record to come out, actually. Like, the first full length, yeah. Yep, and so they had, like, orange outline on, like, four main boxes, and I would just go back every couple of days to see if anything changed. And, of course, there is there's no change. We're primitive at back then, but I'm just going to check. I, I remember going on their site to find out them when they signed Aesop Rock, and I was, like, losing my shit. Because they announced, like, they, they signed him on How their website. How many years active before the, the Jooks actually signed him? Maybe three? Because you know, yeah, like he did. Um, he had float. float. He had music Nobody for Earthworms. Let's stop fucking playing. Nobody knew about Appleseed. Fuck, fuck off. I, I think people lie about that shit. Nah, man. People knew about Appleseed up here in New York. Yeah, I, I was in Philly at this point. I just remember yeah, no, not people. I mean, you know, like people that used to go to like the shows and stuff. That was all that people were talking about. Gotcha. Okay. Because right. he he was getting play. He wasn't getting play on Stretch of Bobito, but there was another show on um KCR called um night train okay which was like um i think it was this dude uh maybe dj ellie all right um yeah dj l because to me apple seed wasn't that good i love asap but when i went back and i was like wait a minute i wouldn't have dug it if i got into him then i would be like "Eh." you know how to group them with everybody else it was real different though then when it came out there was something real different about it I can agree with that because float when it came was like, out. Oh, what is this? All right, and I'll say this: the float, the float. When you when you play float now, like is it's his it's his worst album because it's just like you didn't know if the guy was um you didn't know if he was black or not. That was the first thing. It was his voice, and I yeah. was like, okay. And then I was then the verbosity, all the verb, but that was secondary. It was always that voice, and it cut through, and I was like, hmm, who's this guy? I always thought like, he sounded like um like Ruck. Okay. I could do that. Definitely, definitely for early no, on. You mean rock? 
Rock, yeah, sorry, Rockness Monster. Yeah. Yeah, I heard y'all want to flow. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Um, and, and I was like, okay. And then I remember going through flow. I know we're going off tangent, but I remember every song making the best case for this guy being my favorite, obviously. Like, it was just like, every song, I was like, okay, I'm going to the next song. And like, Apartment 6B. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and um, at last, you got to bear with me back this time. My friends and my musical sensibilities don't always match up. So I'm listening to stuff just to myself. I'm not playing it for anybody because nobody, when I went to Cannibal Ox, I mean, when I went company flow route, everybody left me on the tracks. I was in college. Oh, I had the same Yo, thing happen to me. You're gonna check this out. And I'm gonna tell you, and I told Zilla this, my girl, one of my main girls, love of my life daughter, um, mother of my um, daughter, may she rest in peace. She, I fell in love with her because she said, oh, company flow, yeah, I know about them. <gasps> my heart almost stopped. I was like, what do you mean? Like, how do you know? Black girl with dread. She's sitting casually. Oh, yeah, I know about them. You know, I play their stuff. But, you know, I was lost. I was lost. Like, oh, my God. This is like 2000. Oh, fine enough. But, yeah, so this is like a solo, almost singulary um, fandom because hip-hop, when I'm growing up as a teenager, you're playing stuff for each other. Like, you're like, hey, man, yeah. y'all hear this? Listen to stuff together. But as you get a little older, when I got to college in the 90s, you're listening to stuff by yourself and you make your own decisions. Yeah, but this, and this, this, is, the, this is the brilliance of jokes. And, and and we've all had this conversation at some other points before. It was the the for some reason the dividing line. And, okay. And then for me and Castro, and I'm I'm the youngest out of all three of you, but like, it definitely was a thing where it was like anybody who who was in on it, you had like like a secret coded language between you, and then you also. Like, can you somehow, like, stay connected? Like, all of our current rap friends now is because of Jux. It ain't because it, it ain't cause of Illmatic, and it ain't because of Tribe, and it ain't because of Mob Deep. That's true. Like, everyone that we, just me and Castro talk with, just, just us two. Like, there isn't one dude that we, we, we kick it with, we're cool with, we do songs with, where they're like, Nah, man, that, that shit is trash. That's, that's some nerd shit. I never liked that shit. Alaska, did y'all know y'all were making next level shit, or did y'all know that company flow is next level? So if y'all go that route, no, we knew we were making next level shit because we were we were those dudes that were like, so our the circle that we ran with, like when we started, like first it was just like me and Wynn, right? Right. Like we started going to New York and Poets Cafe, and then we met Osiris, we met Vortal, they brought us into Adam's family, then we met Cryptic and Jess and all those dudes. And but during that time we were running with like Yishwan Sire. Um, we we were cool, like Pumpkinhead. Um like that was like the circle of heads that we roll with, and we were all like the younger cats coming into that scene. Gotcha. So there was like a sort of like traditional, like almost like um natural element style of, of MC there. Okay. You know what I mean? Where it was like, they didn't really stray content wise. You know, they sort of stayed with similar rhyme schemes. They were all dope, but they weren't like going out and doing something weird. Right. Definitely. And we wasn't. were all the weirdos. So like, we kind of had our own little circle there and we would like all feed off of each other. And that somehow like brought all, all, all of us came into this orbit of this weirdness. So like then Aesop came into that. And, mm. you know, you even had, like, other dudes like Necro, who I wasn't really tight with, but, you know, mm. he would be around. You would have, like, the Juggernauts would show up. Um, oh, man. Even, like, you know, like... Cage and copyright. Just gravitate. I just, it was so like-minded artists, it was almost silly. 
and I know, I don't know, Azilla, when I first, when Jux was starting to build a roster, it was silly when they brought y'all on. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like, it was, it was out. So when, when Jux, and fast forward, and when Dux kind of fell down towards the end, it was, it was almost oxymoronical because back in the day, you never missed. Every artist was like some new age, whatever, Rob Sonic, and, or you would grab the people that were parallel to y'all. You know, and bring yeah. y'all in folks. So then later on, when they would do like Dizzy Rascal and I forgot what the, the reminders, whatever that group was um, with Latirix and with, um, excuse me, with Latif, it was just like, damn, they were really swinging and missing. And I remember not being used to Dev Juke swinging and missing as opposed to them just knocking it out of the park early on. I mean, they, they just had like crazy luck and timing. Yeah, of course. Of course. Because of course. like but even it- like Loud Records, like, Loud Records was my favorite label ever. And then on a long enough timeline, it's like, oh, now they're putting out David Banner. You know what I mean? Like, well, the, uh, but, I, uh, but I was here for like Mob Deep and Exhibit and Alcoholics. Like, I wasn't here for like when they started rocking like, all the Down South dudes too. And I was like, yeah, Akon. They put out like Akon. I was like, I'm done. But it was funny. It was, I had almost a second win with um, Cage's record. But then, of course, and that led down to. But, I mean, but after Cage's record. But by that point, that point, it was kind of the, you know, from like an insider perspective. Yeah. The label no, was on life support. Hell's Winter. Hell's Winter. No, no, Not. I understand. But like, like culturally and I think financially at that point, the, the label was on life support. Okay, it got too big, too fast, yeah. and it couldn't keep up. True. You know, and it, it, it got to the point where, you know, you had like and these. The environment wasn't ready either. Like. I felt like, you know what I'm saying, Jux missed the bubble of whatever left money was left for that. Like, it was dried up. Rock is dried up the same way, off that money shit. You know? Yeah. People, I mean, you know, the, the culture shifted at that point, and it wasn't Well, like... then also, like, you, you, you L, like, your 10 full artists weren't guys that could bang out one album a year to fill no. the calendar. And they, they were the ones that supported the rest of the label. Right. And then, also, remember, this is the big period of time of, oh, I'm not buying anything anymore. I'm downloading. Everything. Like, yeah. I'm not buying a damn thing. Yeah, and I remember destroyed them. Years, we, we had good friends. They said, oh, I'm not buying. They didn't go to the movies. They didn't buy a record for like five, six years. They would download torrents. Well, it was a download culture. Download culture was just like, like, I, I found Aesop through download culture. But okay. then I was okay. like, I had I had to own a CD. Like, I need to, I like, I got to hear this whole dude's shit. But like, people went full bore into the download culture. I would not, download- but I remember like, like, what's the name? Dose was talking about that on like Yoni Wolf's podcast where he was just saying, like, Soon as download culture happened, he was like, the label he was talking about Anticon. He was like that that annihilated them because he was like, the way they survived because they were never as big as Jokes or anybody else. But you know, they, but they, the sheer volume of stuff they put out, they had like a super niche fan base. And he was saying like all the record stores had like an Anticon section in mm-hmm. the rap section. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I totally. So forgot he was that. like, once once people once record stores started closing, people didn't know. That there was four new Anticon albums out that year, and then if they did know, they would just you know download it and do whatever. He's like, so then now you're just like torn nonstop because you can't even get like spending money from people buying your shit. You know what I mean? So he was like, so you're only selling at shows. So if you don't, you don't, if you don't do shows, then people are gonna download it, or all the record stores are dead anyway. So like you're you're screwed for for a label like that. You know what I mean? When um Alaska, when y'all did um sweep the leg and y'all toured that record, was was were there signals out there on the sweep the leg kind of tour? Were you starting to see signals 
of, of the you know the magical <laughs> at that point i mean we we blew right past signals we were like on the edge of the waterfall on that tour okay it was okay. like we were in a barrel and we were heading right towards the edge of the falls yeah <laughs> it was like because the crazy thing before that tour we did we did the paid dues tour Ooh, which yeah, was nice. like you know basically all of rhyme sayers all of jokes all of living legends oh that's what so that every was. single show every yeah. single show was huge what year was that 2000 2000 that was summer 2006 i think wow okay. wow and then then i think the in in the fall we went out with gym class heroes and zion i and then nice. we went to we went to europe with gym class heroes then we toured with l so we did like four straight huge tours Woo. so what's the break in between like you're going on tour for about two three months at a time give or take and the, yeah come home for like a month and then go back out gotcha okay um wow. and then then the record dropped and we were like all right cool we've we spent the last year building a following mm -hmm. first show three people next no. show two people the whole tour the most people at a show is 25 people oh so just y'all by yourselves or is it no no act? it was us and glue which glue oh adm and maker adm and maker they didn't pull people you were driving me insane with today's pod what do you mean they didn't pull yeah dude people. it was dead it by the time so we got home from them they used to be in magazines they had magazines see you remember they had magazines oh, i remember that yeah advertisements yeah. with the horse and ADM and Maker coming too. They the new yep. duo. Oh, the scene died. The scene was dying. Wow. Like it was. It was basically like because by that time, like oh six oh seven, that's the beginning <laughs> of hipster coke rap obsession. Yep. So that that that's the time of the clips we got it for cheap, fucking Pitchfork, um, Tom Bryhan. Blue had magazine articles. Nah, it didn't mean any. But 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 this this is the beginning of internet everything. Yeah. This is this yes. is this is so magazines like this, you know, like people still this still mattered, but like oh this was like the beginning of Wayne, this is like DJ drama, this is like street coke rap wave, you know what I mean like so like yeah the, a, a big the record on that of, tour for us was I can't feel my face. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, I'm glad you've given us these jewels, like I'm just thinking you know we're just doing timelines here and it's just so yeah. interesting. But so the so the thing that happened at that time was. And this was a, a big thing. This is why Rhyme Sayers survived and Def Jux didn't to me. Because Rhyme Sayers didn't care about press, didn't care about that. They cared about being on the road, seeing the fans, like Slug taking an artist on tour three or four times, building that person, teaching him how to, you know, basically sell his merch. Like Jux was never like that. Like Jux dudes rarely toured together. There was no sort of like, you know, there was like Aesop's not taking Cool Compete out. Um, and it's funny. Fans, Alaska, we remember it that way. That's just how we yeah. think. We can't say Smash went out with whatever. Like, we don't think that, because Rhyme Says did it and Stone's Throw kind of does. So you just group everybody together and think that the. the so there was a real competition, like, within Jux. Like, people were competitive, I think. And I think there was, it wasn't a natural crew. You know mm. what I mean? It was people who were, like, kind of like minded artists, but they were also, like, very competitive with each other. Yeah, so right. they were friendly, but it it wasn't like the way Rhyme Sayers was. Rhyme Sayers was well, Rhyme Sayers like, Midwest. Motherfuckers are just nice. It is, but they're also like, you know, it's like a smaller city. Like they really care about their scene. Right. right. Um, and they cultivated, like Slug cultivated the artist. They had the record store as a business. They had all this other stuff. And Jux basically, they moved towards licensing. 
and getting in cool shit and being like in front of the cool, like sort of like tastemaker blogs. Yeah. That, yeah. Like that yeah. was a thing. And once that audience turned on them or not even turned on them, just turned their attention elsewhere. Right. Do you think that's like, when you think that Jukes wasn't staying cool enough or trendy with like merch, making sneakers? I don't know. I'm always trying to think of what, you know what I'm saying, could have saved that arc. But anyway, things, you know, I, things happen. I think it was a matter of who they, who they catered to. That's what I'll, yeah. Yeah. Like, cause they still have like their diehard fans. There's like all the diehard fans, but. Oh yeah. But, but I, I'll say this, I, I'll say this, like all the time we have played in the in the recent times with rhyme sayers artists and been to rhyme sayers artist shows as fans the the people that come to them shows number one you're going to sell out all your merch which is awesome and and but number two all the people that come to them shows i've never seen those people at any other rap shows but they but they all come out to the rhyme sayers show that's what rhyme sayers does good is they build that they build the fan appreciation they build the community with the artists. Yeah, they wise. I mean, jokes. Like, most yeah. jokes artists kind of resented their fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know, there was there was an element of that, and I I was guilty of it at times. Like you know, mm -hmm. we sort of came from like a New York City scene where it was like, if you weren't one of us, we were against you. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't if you didn't understand the language if you didn't understand the style if you didn't understand the music if you were just like somebody that's like oh, i really like it you know like a college kid or whatever we're like man fuck you. you don't know what you're talking about like you're you don't know organized confusion you don't know this like you're not like you're not a, a hip-hop oh wait lp would have kicked me out the house if i couldn't recite mantronics that's, a, that's, that's no but you know like yeah i know what you, you kind of see like where the def joke scene turned it turned into like college kids Definitely. And that wasn't who they wanted to be their fans because that's not who they saw themselves as. But that's but that's where they messed up because college kids are going to be ones that hold you down. Because yeah. college kids, number one, are identifying like they're they're picking out their identity. Number two, they got a lot of time to get into weird shit. You know what I mean? And like spread they it. Graduate and they'll still be fans. Now that they get forced, you know what I'm saying? And that's what that's what that's what we're we're encountering now when people buying merch now physicals. These are all the college kids that went into the weird shit that now buy, you know, the merch and the physicals now because we have money. That's what we I understand this now after like having 15 years of history behind it. At the time, we were just like, yo, I want to go play at Wetlands with whoever. You know, and I want to see like like the dudes breaking out breaking open Dutch Masters and you know, with those hats that had the the wool hats that had the the peak on it, like the baseball cat peak. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like all right, like um, like truth be told, everybody would have killed for a DMX crowd. That's exactly what you want. These guys are whether adults or they're maniacs. They might be a monster, might not. I remember the tunnel, the um, I mean the video for Get At Me Dog, and I remember realizing, oh, this is just a live performance. This is not like a video. Like a lot of if you watch that video, you think it's like set up and no, that was a performance. They just did the lighting, so I could see that. I can I can't relate, but I can see with like. Yo, I want those type of fans. They're rabid. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? They flood your video shoots. They, they're waiting around your video shoots just to get a glimpse of you and shit, whether they're going to be in a video or not. I, I can see that. But again, there's a miscalculation as to some fans stick around, you know, and some don't. All right, let's get to the main part. We already have so many minutes in and we just talked about everything. So let's, 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 hit, let's hit the ground running. So basically, Cannibal Ox Weather. 
can't um the cold vein has been deemed one of the greatest winter records of all time it goes up against classics like liquid swords um, <laughs> right, let's, let's just let's just get to I'm that because we, we just spent 40 minutes talking about I, jokes yeah, in the world let's get because <laughs> because alaska's already expresses the stain when you say the words liquid swords <laughs> which i've never heard a human being I'm say just, I'm, all i'm trying to do we're saving that opinion table that i'm just trying to illustrate winter records um, um i guess to me like shoot enter the whoop enter the 36 chambers came out in the winter for me that's when i jumped into it um, i was always um gangstar god damn why am i blanking on it um, moment of truth or no, oh god no um <laughs> wow just talking about release times Last go, no, okay. it was um, which one was it? It was the one with uh, Mass Appeal, Hard Earn. Yeah, that's my yeah, Hard Earn is great. Yeah, I always wanted that Columbia jacket from See, the uh, Mass Appeal video. What's a what's a winter album for you? Just to give an example for the listeners. For me? Yeah, another one. So uh, just... uh, oh, I was listening to today. Uh, Ka, Grief Pedigree. Ah, Grief Pedigree. Nice, good one. But good it's one. but it's actually weird because it's when I listened to it today driving home in a snowstorm. And it's actually not really a winter album. It, it it begins and ends as a winter album, but the whole middle is like like a summer album. It's weird. It's really weird. Let's put this up there. Like the lead single from Grief Pedigree is definitely a wintry song. Um, Cold. Yeah, Hand. like like the first like Cold Facts Vessel um, on them joints. Like the 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 fir- the first time you've seen or heard this guy, those videos are like wintry songs. But then the rest of it is like no downtime. That's like that's that's an Al Green sample. Um, decisions. He's talking about like you know, you know, like this. He said he filmed the video in school. Not really a winter song. Um, Born NY. Like before we go too Vero, but that's the multi-dimensionality of a winter record. It could be when it was released. Then you would. That's the time you were listening to it, and you just associate right. it. It could be what the album makes you feel. It could be what the bookend singles make you feel. It could just be the theme of the album or whatever like that. So right. COVID yeah. checks off a lot of those boxes. Um, it's a new record, tried and true all the way through. I'm a I'm a native New Yorker. It's like when you first listen to it, it's like this is your cousin is rapping. No no doubt. Um, there's a tone to it. There's a certain you taste metal. I don't know if I'm getting too poetic for it, but I, I always taste metal when I'm listening to Canox. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just just a, a lot of the metal, steel, smoke, the non-elements of nature of New York. Not the trees, not the flora and the fauna, but the man-made elements that do make it cold and enhanced. New York has all these tall buildings, so the wind, t- the wind tunnels are worse. You know what I'm saying? It's like man-made winter enhancement, if anybody gets what I'm saying. I know I'm just talking. So anyway, uh, uh, Colvain is one of those records. We, um, we contend that it's some of LP's best production to date. Two thousand nine still holds up. Still yeah, for, I mean, for my money, he's still the star of that record. Okay, easily. You know, like it's it's because it's it's vast and Vortal, and there was always a conversation about vast and Vortal, But if you took those runs and put them on another production, another production, it would not be that record. You know what I mean? Like that, the backbone that he laid down for them. I agree. Is just and he's so never damn produced impressive. Any other record that same way. He's done many records. No other records. Like he, you know what it is? Like his, I was thinking about it today when I was playing it again, where like he really could have sat on all of those beats for his own shit. Yeah. And, but it fits them so well because it's sad. 
and and fans has a damage. Yeah, like it has stepfather factor. That's sad. That's fucked up. Time out of joint in TOJ. Like that's that's sad. But the rest of Fantastic Damage is like abrasive and like confrontational. Yeah. But but Colvane is like gorgeous, disorienting, but sad. Like well, it's the also music's the first sad. time that he produced a record for somebody else, like a whole record. That oh, is it true. is. Wow. Yeah, I mean he you know, he did a few beats here and there, but even the company flow stuff, Glenn carried some of that production weight too. So like, just did a little too. Oh, okay, I did not know that. Okay, I feel like he did Loon TNS. I feel like Just had to have yeah, done yeah. that beat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's but that's all. That's another thing um, to to note. This is full on LP production from from um, from root to sternum. Yeah. Uh, the, some of the samples in there, like he has this one sample. I was explaining it to Z the other day, Alaska. It's um the rebirth of Optimus Prime. And it's them bringing him back to life. And it's like placed in a weird part on the album. It's reminiscent of one of the Wu, like Wu-Tang assassination day. It's at the end of a song, but it goes to the song it's at the end of. But when you listen to it, you might mistakenly put it with the song that's after it or whatever. And I, I told this story, look, man, I, I recorded the rebirth of Optimus Prime. It came on TV after the Transformers movie and shit. Me and my mom had one of those first VCRs where the loading was at the top. The whole thing. <laughs> Where you had to push the the door came up and you had to push it back down. Yes, yes I had, yes. yep, I had the same. I had that one for years. That, that was my longest lasting VCR ever. And there was a volume control on the VCR that if you didn't have the volume up like the TV, it would record it low. So the rebirth of Optimus Prime is on two VHSs. My mom probably still has them somewhere in my house, and it's low as hell. And I'm annoyed because I can't even watch it again. So wait, is it a vocal sample or is it a musical sample? The vocal sample, when he says, um, you hear, um, uh, it's not Ironside talking, it's, it's like this ragged voice. You think it's an old guy, but it's really Transformers talking. It's after, um, I think it's after the F word. Okay. You have to put him back together. And it's, yeah, it's the rebirth of Apple's Prime. It's the most, to me, it's very obscure, but if you were a Transformers fiend, of course you watch the rebirth right after the movie the movie was this big giant i, thing. I only observed the the michael bay mark Wahlberg franchise of transformers no you know you know you knew about the other transformers so stop yeah for never... me <laughs> by the time transformers came out i was out of the toy game that was my brother's my brother's world really oh yeah, man. yeah I, I never rocked with transformers. The transformers gi joe all that look uh, man. yeah that was all my brother stuff transformers gi joe gobots mask Yep, I got. Oh, I was a mask guy. guy. I I love mask. So, see, look, GoBots was like this cheap version. They had like eighty one. I know GoBots, yeah. I know GoBots, yeah. And and they were like literally four dollars less. And my mom, and I said, "Don't you ever bring this home again?" I couldn't even talk to my mom like, <laughs> "Don't bring this home again." No way, no way. Just buy me two medium size, two medium size Transformers. I'll be all right. I don't need the big ones. Just give me two medium size. But yeah, um, excuse me. So anyway, just these little, these little, these little. Ah, uh, the elements of this record and what it makes you feel when you listen to it and the bars and like LP's little cameos. And see, that's the problem with L. The problem with L is to make Stress Rap, to make Pigeon, to make Scream Phoenix, to make Iron Galaxy. Like, that that has to, like, you can't make that every year. You can't mm -hmm. make those beats. And that's the problem was like, he needed to be the guy that kept everything afloat every year. Like, he needed to be on the calendar every year. And it's like, even now at Run the Jewels, they don't drop every year. But they don't have the rest of the thing to carry him anymore, which is right. what works for it. Yeah. Right, exactly. He just, but like, because what we're saying about all that production and beats, like, 
I would love to see like like the Pro Tools session or whatever software, like how many tracks in just one beat? Fifteen tracks? Oh, at least, least, yeah, at least twelve. I mean, for twelve to eighteen. What I think people feel when they see Colvin is also I think to me I think people don't appreciate the the after the records that LP produced wholly afterwards, whether it be Year of the Beast or Mo Mega. Like I don't know why people looked at those in a totally different way when he did the bulk of the production. Because to me, it was just as good. But that's me. You know, I'm an LP like fanatic when it comes to the stuff. He can't do no wrong. But like, it seemed like people only thought he knocked it out the park with Colvin and his records. Uh, I mean, like, We're Famous is a, is a pretty big song. Yeah, but also like the, the way that Canox project came together, mm-hmm. it came together better than all that other stuff did. It did. I did. I, I like as, as a total project. So I think you you sort of t- tend to look at that, and it's like there's this masterpiece. Okay. And the other one has like the moments of mastery, yep. but it's not on that level all the way through. You didn't like Momega last week. No, I liked it. I'm just saying it's not on that level all the way through. It's not as dynamic as Colvain is. You know, what I mean, like Mr. Liff is awesome, but I, I just don't think that it, it hit all the way through. I was running around the city with Year of the Beast. He was like, mm. <laughs> What is Year of the Beast? See Race Walls. Remember that one? No. The one, the, the album El Damn did all of the beats, Year of the Beast, and that was the last Def Jux record that um, C-Race did. Is after Ravi Pops. I remember Ravi Pops. I don't remember Year of the Beast, though. Yes, you do. Yeah. Let me see if it's on. Let me see what year it is. Um, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, I was, because I was a C-Race fanatic. Like, you couldn't, I just told everybody, just leave me alone. I'm talking about nothing. Uh, okay, it's not there. Let me look at it. Oh, yeah, it's a Def Jokes thing, so it might not be. Um, yeah, it's not, it's definitely not on. Yeah, I just, that's just a habit. Ear of the Beast, C-Rays. It's on YouTube, no doubt. Let's see. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, Year of the Beast. When did it come out? Um, 2005. All right, let's talk about, um, let's see, what, what's some of your favorite tracks? Two, two of them. Cannibal Ox? Yeah. Um, favorite tracks in Stress Rap. Stress Rap. And uh, I've been playing Scream Phoenix, like, nonstop. Stress Rap and Scream Phoenix. Why so? Stress rap is the rhyming is fucking crazy, and then that that's a beat that it's like that's the one beat like anybody could rhyme on, like that that's like that's that's like that's like LB and like DJ Premier, where like if you play that beat in a room full of rappers, everyone's gonna start spitting. Nice, you know what I mean. And then Scream Phoenix to me reminds me of, um, it reminds me of, what's the name off Iron Man um, uh fuck, what's well, so, so Iron Man oh. Black Jesus reminds me of that shit. Like anytime, anytime you have like like those like powerful like gospel vocal samples, I'm in. You know what I mean? So like, and then so and then the sequ- to 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 follow Pigeon, which is super depressing and amazing, with Scream Phoenix is like okay. Well, now we're hopeful dudes. Like we've been through hell, and right. now we're like Mega Law, Sean Light, my friend. like he's just snapping all that shit. I was like, yo. These dudes, like now that now they got power, like the whole album they've been like beaten down, 
and then you get the screen Phoenix, and it's like the victory lap. Like, nah, we're we're gonna make it. So I don't know, just those two joints the most. Nice. Um, I would say one of my number one songs on there is Adam. Oh nice. man. Yeah, don't even shut up, Alaska. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Vordo sets it off, right? And it's just this imposing figure. Like, to me, the way he raps on that. I set that off, man. You're thinking of Asgard. Adam. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. All right. Yeah, uh, Adam, with me. I set off Adam. Yeah. The one with the belt, the one we stole the bars from. That's Which fucking Asgard. What's he raised? So I like Adam. <laughs> I honestly, I I honestly think Adam shows up too early in the album. I think it's like distracting. That gut punch, I love that shit. Like, whoa, what's this? Hit me, and I and Adam makes me reminded all the time. No, I I I love it, and it's a necessary song. I'm not just saying it because the last was on the phone, but I just don't like even listening to it now. Like, it shows up too early on the album. But it's also one of those like, yo, we got these cats too. Right, but uh, but I'm still but I'm still learning who can ox it. Like I, I want to hear these dudes' story, and then, then give me the posse. And there's two posse cuts. With Griselda, to me, it's like, I know, oh, I, you I get got that. these yeah, guys yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, you got to represent. I'm, I'm with that. I'm just saying, like that album is like very specific to those dudes. That beat is just like, doom, doom, doom. So yeah, stop fighting me with my favorite song. So it's Adams, <laughs> and then it's um. So then, uh, what's uh, Raspberry Fields really caught me off guard? It just that used, to, that used to make me really uncomfortable. That beat. It just I love that beat. That, that shit made me uncomfortable. And I said, "Whoa, man, this is high level. Like, I'm gonna go back and change the bar and spit it again. Like, nah, yo. Um, and then, um, I think you just picked two. You asked me two. Well, you get two choices. What the fuck are you doing? You messed up my first one. You messed up my first one. <laughs> you you picked five more. Go ahead. Pick the whole album. I'm not picking the whole album. <laughs> you messed up my first one. You, you messed yourself up. You, you've been out. This song, that was about 20 years. You're getting the fucking song mix, mixed up. You're fighting me with my own choice. You're contradicting me on my choice. You contradict yourself. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just saying. I was on the song, and I know that I had the first verse. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Um, another song was um so <laughs> Vane. <laughs> and that's it. Vane's the shit. Vane Vane is the shit. Is Vane the one with the um no it's not. It's not the one with watch your eyes, the sample in the middle. Is it that one? And they're talking in the kitchen. No, Vane Vane is when he says that the Carlos the Midget shit, right? That's on Vane. Yeah. yeah, and it has, has that, that ill breakdown yes, after his after fast first has that ill breakdown. Yes, and it's like you fuck got you. the gun. The fuck you! This yeah. is your last chance. And that yeah, and that exact second, both and of then Vortal comes in. Oh my god, the beat breaks down and Vortal comes in. <sighs> Come on, Alaska. When y'all heard that song, y'all heard it all together, or did y'all hear it before that little sample? Because that sample sets it the fuck off. Like, did, did it I didn't hear that song until it was mixed. They kept that one in their pocket, and then it was just like, wait, you can do this. No underground dude was making drum patterns like that in that time. No, like that's a no. very Timbal that's a very Timbaland drum pattern, and L was flipping. But that also shit. the shit that he did with the vocals, like yeah, live, 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 you know, live, like the way he like mean. sampled underneath it, like he took the vocals and like really fucked around them. Oh, like that shit just blew my mind. I was like, what the? He fuck? constructed and reconstructed them in the overdubs. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. 
I was like, wow, that is just brilliant. Yeah, that song, that's definitely the best song. Who was engineering? NASA was engineering to this point. NASA right? on the boards. Yeah. My man, NASA, NASA on the boards. Figured out really how to harness Vasta's voice. There's so much trouble in his voice, you could have fucked it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, yeah. And yeah, it's, I'm, mixed, like, it's mixed and mastered beautifully. Yeah, Vayner in particular, he's just like, oh, the whole oh God, so God. Wow, okay. That's mine. Alaska. All right. Any other ones you want to choose? Ten no, Crack Commandments, New York State no, of Mind, Down with the King, anything else? Down one with of, the one King? Man, Shut one up. One of the Shoop, Played Yourself, anything else Alaska. you had? Alaska, your two or three favorites. You could take everyone. I'm definitely Vane is my favorite. Um, that shit is crazy to me. That shit, I really like Raspberry Fields. I love the way that Vass like messes up and then comes back in again yep. with the same verse. I thought that was really dope, and like nobody was doing that. People in the underground took themselves so seriously; they would never allow that. To right, that's true. People wouldn't even punch. People wouldn't even punch in. Oh, he, he does it. He does it on Phoenix, where he says, "Birds of the same feather flock together." On a magi- no, 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 no. Yeah, but at that point, it's like, ooh, because I think the first time he fucked up. I think Raspberry feels he fucked up and kept it, but in when and he's like, no twice as nice. Yeah. And I think that was like a one take thing. Like he fucked up and just kept going. That shit is great. Like they did that a lot with that record. Like there was parts where like Vortal would go in and he didn't have the end of a verse. Yeah, we talk about that. And he would just freestyle. What song was that? Oh man, he you can hear go- punches too. You you can you can hear his punches. You can hear Vortal's punches too, pretty obviously. You could tell it's like very um, like. I really on the like spot. Iron Galaxy. I love Vortal like with the back to back verses. Um uh, Scream Phoenix is like definitely a top song for me. Um, I mean, now I've just named the whole album, so I've gone and done what we yelled at Castro. You just Castro'd it. I never liked Painkillers before. It's grown on me. But it's grown on me. I didn't like it because it was such a blatant sample. The Al Green shit, yeah. Yeah. Like, <sighs> but you know what, though? On some real shit, it's the, it's, it was the first time to me that L sampled like black R&B soul shit. Like a very obvious record like that. He never would touch that shit. Well, that, I think Vass brought him that. Vass was like, yo, sample this. Remember how you said that um, there's a difference in style on um, Iron Galaxy for Vortal as opposed to his... his... If, you, if y'all remember, you go into the deep cuts, he raps like that on Metal Gear as well. Fazzing. Um, like, remember Metal Gear? Like, Fazzing on the song. The that's, Billy that's... Wood shit, yep. Yeah, but only those songs. But like Metal Gear, he's spazzing. I, I think the song. Wow, I forgot all about Metal Gear. Metal Gear is crazy. Like he's he's going. I have to go pull that. Yeah, pull that up. He's going. He just spills into another one, and another one. I was like, God damn! It's like sixty bars. It gotta be. Wait, wait. Can I just say one thing about that record? So the, the cool shit about it, and it kind of touches on what we were talking about later earlier when we were talking about the song titles on, um, Blade of Ronin. How like they just weren't as dope as the song titles here. The song titles here, like you would have conversations with those dudes, and that's how they would talk. Like they would just like randomly say shit and like you know, they'd be like, I right, to Iron Galaxy, and like that would just explain their theory of life in that conversation. You'd be like, All right, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Scream Phoenix. Like that's just like shit they would say. And you know what we got a sample of that? The Bazooka Tube documentary. I remember me. And Z, I'm going to be talking about it later on. We would go on just about the way Vast would speak. Like his yeah, speak- he's on that yeah. Raekwon shit. And the way, yeah, exactly. Like, you just love to hear them talk. The, the words they choose to talk about things. 
living to a nine to five in a slum is hard. Like it's mm-hmm. just the way shit makes sense. Twenty four hours in a slum is hard. When you're fine, it's okay. I went to the movies. That's a way of wasting time too. Like it's just, and it makes sense. It's not just gibberish. You know, there was a time when people just talk and hear themselves talk, but some people just but you, speak. Sorry, go ahead. No, but that's it. That's what I'm saying. That that different way to. Speak. So you know what's interesting? I I went to there was this Rommel Z exhibit here, right? Um, over the summer, and they had like all this video footage of Rommel Z, and listening to him talk. Mm-hmm. Is a similar cadence to Vast, even like a similar like timber to their voice. Wow. But it was like the same sort of shit. It's like that sort of like insane poet. That like you're talking about a hand. Like it's just like when all the time. What what's that? Like it's like you're talking Hanna Barbera cartoon speech all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Ghost Ghost still talks like that. Like Ghost is yeah. totally fucking crazy. I love him. And Ray is like that too. Yeah, it's just like these insane people were like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. But that's where they make sense of the world and they just happen to put it on wax before they start speaking in an interview. Like, yo, like I saw, I saw Method Man on Colbert or Fallon the other day, whatever. And like the way Meth speaks now because he's been in Hollywood 20 years, like his like hoodness, and you know, he's like he's almost 50 years old, but like there is no like hood streetness about him. Like his, just like, just like him talking. That I'm a parent. With grown kids. Yeah, like like he's just like a dad. Like he's just like a dad. Like his kids are in college. You know, Meth is like he's like he's like, he's like he's like a he's like a working dad. Like he does that sh- that rap battle TV show and whatever. Whereas like if you get Ray on the same thing, Ray be like, you know what I mean? Boom, boom. You know what I mean? I, I tilted the quasar. You know what I mean? That's how the gods came through. You're like what? <laughs> but I I feel like Meth has mastered that. Like I could go anywhere. He definitely did. Thing where like. You know, Ghost and Ray haven't mastered that. So no. I feel like if no. if you got meth back with everybody, you'd be like, oh, there it is. There's and meth the, that I know. Let me tell you the funny thing. On the new stuff, like the documentary coming out and stuff, meth always kind of sits in the back. He does. He's not in the front in the pictures. Look at all of the pictures, y'all. He doesn't want the co-stars. And he's still like the most famous guy of in course. the movie. Like, it's but not even close. How he presents, it's, it's very interesting because it's deliberate. And I'm like, oh, he's sitting to the side. Because I'm like, sometimes I'm looking at the picture. Well, like, he never he never wanted to be, like, the main guy. You know, it was, like, thrust upon him. It was interesting. Because he's still, like, you know, still a freaking star. Let's stop. I mean, much as Rich wanted it to be him, we all know that. It's always going to be meth, period. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. You got your know, all dog. white women want to have sex with Method Man. So that's, that's oh. why he's a star. Stuff. He kept that beard. He's never cut the beard. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, amazing record. It'll always be with us. This is like one of those timeless records. Like, I don't know, people think of Bill Withers and stuff. This is out. Like, this is going to stay. You know what I mean? Like, this is a classic Sea Life record. This Hannibal Ox, Cold Vein, Time. This is Stomp. We're going to put it in the Smithsonian and we're always going to talk about it. 